Welcome to Chick Stalking Drag, hosted by Gabby and Anna. Welcome to RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. This is the podcast you didn't know you needed until now. Beware of spoilers ahead. Hello, welcome back to Chick Stalking Drag. I am your host, Gabby, and as always, there is Anna. Hey! And we're back talking about RuPaul Drag Race Down Under. This is episode four, so we're on the halfway mark, like we're really almost there. And uh, we are back in the workroom after Coco Jumbo's elimination. And uh, she writes an amazing, really heartfelt message on the mirror, which Electra has to, of course, wipe off. And this is the opportunity that etc. etc. takes to tell Electra that the judges think that. She has no taste level, hence why she w- she found herself at the bottom. And also, Scarlett says that is Electra time to go. So this full feud actually is gonna play out quite a bit throughout the episode. And like, I cannot wait to spill the tea. But is it really time for Electra to go? Like, this is literally the question that everyone is asking themselves: Is it really Electra time to go? Well. We'll discover this week, and uh, this week's special judge is Al Scored, who I don't know about, but apparently is a very big Kiwi star, is an actor, and we get to the new day, and Anna, what happens? The queens are back in the workroom, they're feeling fresh, they've had some rest, they've had cucumber slices on their eyes, and lo and behold, RuPaul enters the workroom looking like... Um, oh God, what's his name? Fred from Scooby-Doo. How did I forget that? <laughs> did you notice that as well? Like the, like the, the on the suit. suit. I was like, yes! Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? I was like, okay, I need to get this song out of my head right now. We're talking about Drag Race, not Scooby-Doo. But I was living for the suit. But Rue's there to announce what this week's maxi challenge is. And it is a design challenge, which is basically going to see who can sew and who should have taken sewing lessons before they came into the show. So essentially, they're going to be creating designs from trash. So can they turn tragic trash into magic? Well, we will see. So the queens are racing to get those trashy bits. But wait, what is coming out of that trash? Lo and behold, just like Jesus Christ rose for the people, Art Simone is back. Hmm, that really does explain that note that we saw last week. And to be fair, I had my suspicions. We didn't say this on the podcast because we didn't want to spoil anything, just in case we were actually right. But I had a conversation with Gabby saying... I really feel like Art Simone is going to come back into the competition. I don't know why, but there is a real vibe that I'm getting. I feel like they eliminated like one of the strongest front runners, and I feel like they're not going to be happy with the decision that they make, so they're going to bring it back. However, what I did not expect was for her to come back into the competition without a reason. There was no explanation. Yes. It was just like, there she is. Like, 
it was a gag that she she came back to the competition but i really thought this was my thought process i really thought that the other eliminated queens so jojo saho and also coco jumbo fabulous fabulous queens they were going to come back and then there was going to be some kind of i don't know many maybe like an, a mini um challenge that would show who was the right queen to come back into the competition yeah. Or if you look at the UK version, obviously the queens voted on who they felt like deserved to come back. And we could have seen a completely different queen come back into the competition. But that is an, a story for another day. Now, don't get me wrong. You all know that I do love Art Simone. I think she's amazing. I was really upset you know, when she left. Did I think it was the right decision? at the time yes however i'm a little bit uneasy that there's no explanation given for her coming back and what's more it's kind of like okay the two you know queens of color have been removed from the competition but they didn't even get a chance to come back into the competition it just seems a little bit i, I don't know it seems a little bit funny to me but yeah, what do you yeah. think, Abby? What are your thoughts on that? Because people were definitely saying like that there is some racial bias in this competition, and I do agree, honestly. I I think the your point is absolutely fair because, like, honestly speaking, like I understand that R. Simone, whatever this was, her opportunity to shine and rose to the occasion because it's a design challenge and she's a fashion queen. But at the same time, like you said, the other queens didn't have an opportunity to come back. But like in my head, I was just like, is Art Simone gonna be part of the narrative also occurs in which queens come back for, <laughs> yeah. the, for one episode and then they're kicked out once again because they don't rise to the occasion? Of course, this is all to see. But at the same <laughs> time, I was just very confused by the reasoning why, like, I understand that both queens that were eliminated prior didn't really have a great sense of style, so hence why this wasn't the right opportunity for them to arrive. But at the same time, why not give the opportunity? So, like, I am conflicted because, mm -hmm. like, it makes no sense that the same RuPaul that has been crowning four queens of color in a row right in uh, all-star four or star five in uh, season 12 season 13 all queens of color would uh, would have a bias so it, i think it kind of boils down to like multiple reasons so it's a design challenge the other queens are yeah. not great at that and obviously uh there is that curse that maybe RuPaul just didn't want to repeat. That is a narrative that he didn't want to repeat. A queen comes back. Is like we also got it in the UK version yeah. when um, Joe Black came back and she got eliminated on the same episode that she was brought back. From the way I see, it, of course, all of this has happened in a very uh, specific time in Drag Race history. So we might not know also what has happened because. Maybe Art Simone was still around, whereas yeah. the twins could have gone back home to Australia. So that, that is you have a, a valid point. If that is a situation, and Art Simone was still like minding her business in New Zealand because at the time they had a better situation um, during COVID, then uh, it wouldn't have made sense to have 
to stop the whole production and have the girls come back having two weeks of quarantine once again and then be able to be part of the show. But then again, if we have a look at the uh, Drag Race España, you guys need to check out our Meet the Queens episode. We already posted it, it's just there. Uh, is a little bit of the same, even though everyone has Spanish, Latino heritage, there is no actual queen that you can say, oh yeah, she's black. No, so it does speak to the place where you live. And uh, of course, every place in which we live has its own bias and has its own issues. So like, Of course, we can be quick to judge because we live in different realities, but at the same time, you wouldn't go to Drag Race España and be like, where is the black queen? Like, there there are black queens in Uh Spain and in in Hispanic um, countries because there's Afro-Latino people everywhere in the world. So, of course, that could have been... uh, mentioned and could have been raised, but it very much speaks to the realities of the country and uh, because we don't live there of course we can have our own opinion but can we really judge like as a well, black person well, no. myself i just like i am i see the point but i i tend not to make it about race until i'm like mm-hmm. yeah this is definitely about race of course yeah. if we would have been in a completely different situation like if we would have been in 2019 pre-COVID or post-COVID. And uh, they were like, yeah, no one came back. But at the same time, in the UK version, when uh, Veronica Green couldn't come back was because she had COVID. So we don't know what has happened to the other queens in, the, in that specific period. So if they were back in Australia, two weeks, they can't. And uh, if they've maybe caught COVID on the, on the flight back, we don't know. But at the same time, you're right, we don't know the decision behind it. We don't know exactly why art was brought in because there was no explanation given. Yeah. And the only thing we can do from here is kind of accept that this is the fate of the competition. There's nothing that we can do to change the narrative because it's already been put into production. But drag politics aside, uh, I think it'd be really good to talk about Electra Shock in this episode as well because we all know that she has been struggling a bit in the competition is somebody that I saw as maybe being kind of having that underdog storyline and that she would rise you know from the ashes and get stronger and stronger each episode but the queens are so shady towards her you know she's I mean in all fairness she has had to lip sync it you know in two out of three episodes but with some of the critiques that she's been given I really haven't agreed with it I haven't agreed with some of the comments that queens have made about her as well like you have to bear in mind the budget that she has in comparison to other queens in the competition. People say don't use that as an excuse, but it is an excuse. You're, you are in poverty and this other queen has all this money. You know, that, that middle class politics right there, y- you expect someone to have money going into a competition when they don't have money at all. And it's just like, well, of course their looks are not going to be up to par with everyone else's because they literally don't have the finances to spend £20,000 on a gown, right? <laughs> A hundred percent. And honestly speaking, like, I get why both etc. and uh, mm-hmm. Scarlet, I understand why they're both against Electra is because the situation makes her an easy target. Yeah. 
And uh, the moment Electra feels defeated is the moment she goes home, and that's one person less they have to worry about. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what like, they're trying to do. Yeah, and that type of thing has happened so many times. You remember yeah. with the... With Rolaska Tux and Jinx, they saw mm-hmm. Jinx as an underdog and hence why they were always picked in uh, any situation. They used it as a way to make Jinx feel like lesser than, but yeah. because, uh, Jinx didn't feel lesser than. Of course, she has her, had her breakdowns, which I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to happen with Electra, but because uh, we saw her always being victimized, we also sympathized with her. So when she starts doing well, we're like, oh my fucking God. And I really hope that that is the situation uh, with Electra because I feel like Electra is very likable and uh, the way she fans for herself is very commendable, especially because Mm -hmm. the girls are being very bitchy. They're being like high school bitches. And uh, it it, it literally reminds me of being back at secondary school. That's why I'm like, I I honestly can't be asked with all the drama, (laughs) even in a TV show. I'm just like, why? The issue is, however, with Electra as well, is the problem is, is when all these people are, you know, verbally attacking her with the words that they're using, instead of kind of like turning the other cheek which you know it is really difficult to do and kind of like listening to what they have to say and trying to be a bit more like accepting of what they have to say because i think the message that they're trying to put across is designed to help her but it's really not coming across that way it's coming across quite bitchy and malicious but instead she she will get very defensive she will have resentment and ultimately when you are clouded in that kind of facade of resentment it doesn't help you get further in the competition it just ends up you know doing the opposite and making you look a bit bitter and you know Electra I really hope that she does do well in the competition but it's one thing that is good is that she does stand up for herself you know she did call herself the Beyonce (laughs) of the group and she literally said the reason why I was in the bottom was because I was so good and I was like yes that was the actual reason that was the reason (laughs) and they're like no no you're delusional and I'm like no you're delusional because what she's saying is actually true because Bimini did the same thing was the best in the group was praised for it and yet Electra, they were just like, no, you're just treating the others like they're your backup dancers. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm Beyonce, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally, totally agree. And uh, I like how Electra actually like mentions the fact that she is a dancer through and through. But I just want to move forward from Electra because she's going to be part of our conversation. Oh, yeah. A lot <laughs> more moving forward. Poor girl. But uh, what I really want to point out and I find really commendable and I'm like, yes, I'm here for it, is when Maxi Shields explains that she, when she got accepted for full drug race, she didn't sit down. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. She took sewing lessons because I'm going to quote her. She's not (laughs) an absolute idiot. Like a lot of people that we saw in the last 13 years. And like Maxi Shields, I'm here for you. Here's, if you can hear it, my fingers. Here are the snaps. Because you do deserve it. And I'm here for absolute everything that you just said. And uh, we do actually get a moment of worry from Karen. Because, yes, she can sew. But also, she has another moment of being upset. 
this this episode because she's like why the fuck art simone is back because like we thought that the biggest competition in the whole season has gone home we kicked it out and like <laughs> another thing that really made me laugh was the fact that we can say that Electra is bitchy and whatnot, but when she said that because Art Simone already went home and Coco took her, like, send her home, which left the episode after, that means yeah. that anyone can lip sync her out of the game. And I'm like, ooh, that's on fire just right there. That's some hot tea spill. I was like... I was like, damn, I just made a curry earlier, but this is this is spicier than the free chilies I put in my lentil dal. I mean, yes, I am here for it. I am living for it. And yeah, it is true that, um, you know, Karen is really struggling with Arts Return. And I think it's not just because like people are like, oh, the front runner has gone home and now she's back. So, oh shit, you know, but but it's also like, well, now they're like, oh, maybe I don't have a chance of winning this competition anymore because the drag legend, as people call her, is back and she can take all of them down because she had that kind of two-week break. Yes, it's short, but she had that two-week break to kind of refresh herself, to kind of, you know, get prepared for going back into the competition. And that obviously gave her, you know, a brand new lease of drag life. Yeah. And... um you know what I found funny about the situation as well is that Keita, I don't know if you noticed this, Keita means she looked um, very thrilled about Art being back because she thought that it might fuck with Karen's flow. And I was like, you shady bitch. Like, <laughs> are you are being transparent right now. I know exactly what tea you are sipping, girl. Keita is one to watch because like she did. I do like Keita much airtime but when she comes with the singers she comes oh. with the singers and she's just out there uh like um actually when rue comes in uh just so you know guys rue comes in we have chats we're just like we're actually talking about the chats but we didn't mention that rue is in the room. <laughs> she's in the building she chats she's here everything. she's here we're gonna talk about her in a minute but she here she wandering around and uh, actually asked Kita why she hasn't won any challenges. Because at the end of the day, she's been doing well. She's always been safe or at the top. She was never yeah. at the bottom. And uh, Kita admits that she's been in her head. And I think that she might get out of her head once we, you guys discover what happens at the end. Because uh, I don't know, you guys. There has been some frenemies. I mean, there, there's been a, a lot of frenemies. And speaking of frenemies, that really leads me naturally and organically <laughs> to my next point. And again, sorry to beat around the bush, but Electra's back into the conversation again. And this time, she's having rivalry issues with Scarlet. So basically, she's getting really pissed off with Scarlet. She finds Scarlet super, you know, smug. And she, she basically takes out her frustration, you know, just, just like a normal, well-adjusted, completely sane person would do, and starts ripping the heads off a bunch of teddy bears. And I'm like, what did Mr. <laughs> what did Mr. Cuddles ever do to you? What, what are you doing? And this really reinforces my point earlier, the fact that she is 
Eletra is consistently choosing resentment over personal growth in this competition. And it just goes to show, you know, some people react to uh, being competitive in different ways, right? Uh, some people might get defensive. Some people might put their guard up. And Eletra's just like, well, I'm just going to be angry about, about everything, which understandable because there's a lot of queens coming at her, but there are other ways of going about this. And I'm just like, I just want to give you some CBD oil and calm you down, girl, because this is not the right way to go. Honestly, like, honestly I would have done something similar, you know. Like, I, I know, that's why it stresses me out, because I see it mirrored in something that I would do. I mean, I wouldn't rip heads off teddy bears, but I might feel like some kind of resentment inside and be like, oh, why me? Like, what's going on? Like, why? And that's why I'm like, you know. I would, like, I would be in complete silence and I would rip all the teddy bears head like, I have you are sadistic no allegiance to teddy bears I never slept with one I have no allegiance wow. to them I would have like they're there they're free they're my anti-stress bubble I'm sorry <laughs> where was your childhood <laughs> in a very happy home it was, oh. it was filled with love and uh, we had meals together we had christmas together uh, it was a very big family but i still will cut a bitch <laughs> so now mo moving on um we also get somebody else who's on struggle street and that is anita so she rounds up our trio of the queens that are on the struggle bus the bus hasn't even reached the bus stop yet Roxy's there waiting at the bus stop like where's my mum <laughs> I know I'm sorry I had to go there oh, she, she, look unfortunately she can't sew and she's stuck wandering around and she's got some sort of tartan kind of material mixed with another material that I actually really can't remember what it was at this moment but all I know is I was just like I'm confused what's going on like and considering she won snatch game I'm just like oh shit that's not good yeah but we we get to see more of anita later and honestly speaking my opinion does change but we will come to that i just really want to say about rue checking in on the girls and being completely clueless when karen says that she's doing a homage to chapelle corby who actually yeah. is like the very famous aussie person who went to bali and tried to smuggle some weed and got stopped uh, <laughs> at, at the border because they found uh, the weed <laughs> that she was trying to smuggle. And apparently, um, Karen decided that she wants to create an alternative world in which Chappelle Corby actually manages to get to Bali and enjoys the best life with all the right and, and this is before she gets imprisoned for nine years releases a best-selling memoir from behind the bars telling her side of the story no none of this happened she never went to prison she <laughs> she never wrote a book no this is like the dora explorer version of chappelle corby <laughs> sliding doors i mean choices and speaking of choices who else has been making some strange choices in the workroom as Rue's walking around and giving them the side eye? Uh, well, Electra again. <laughs> I mean, is that a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
she decides that she wants to be a warrior and uh, like actually a kangaroo hunter because all the queens that's that right backing were aussie and uh, yeah rule looks at her and she's like are you sure you have like an amazing body you have an amazing bone structure you sure you just don't want to look nice pretty yeah because looking pretty is not a bad thing if you know how to execute it well you can I'm not quite sure how i feel about electra being the kangaroo hunter but okay <laughs> we saw so many queens sitting pretty and winning the whole thing aquaria uh violet chachki we saw that yeah multiple times sitting pretty is not it's not a bad thing no no absolutely if you've got the uniqueness nerve talent charisma then you are a c-u-n-t cunt (laughs) (laughs) yes i can spell (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but i want to just point out one thing that rude does i don't know if he's watching but he steers the pot even further oh my god i com- i almost forgot and now you brought me back to that moment of drama gabby tell it like you are david attenborough <laughs> oh my god so basically rue comes in and asks scarlet like of course they talk fashion because scarlet is a costume designer by day so she's like oh great uh, that's your job how you feeling it uh, in the back mm-hmm. great but then she asks a question because Scarlett was the winner of the other week's challenge and a captain and yep. uh, Electra was the loser of last week's challenge and a captain. So Rue from um, being that I shady bitch. <laughs> why she goes <laughs> if you had any suggestions mm, for you I think I have a good idea out there, <laughs> Electra, which suggestion would you give? And Scarlett says, and I quote, there's more to dancing than doing splits. And you can see the smoke, the lava coming down <laughs> Electra's ears. And uh, when she hears the, the answer that Scarlett gives, so RuPaul leaves and Electra just spills her CV because. She has worked for not one, not two, but three professional singers. <laughs> Let me just tell you who are they. Go on, J-Lo. give it to me, Gabby. Tell me now. I need to know. J-Lo. Oh, wow. Yes. TJ. Tell me about it. And scholars go like, oh, yeah, so you backed up dance for a few people. Bitch, please. I, I mean, your CV. Uh, yeah, come on, tell me the people that you've danced with. Thank you very much. And as Electra quite rightly pointed out, Scarlett is a mover. Yes, she can dance, clearly. Clearly, she can choreograph routines. But has she danced with JLo? Has she? No, I don't think so, because she would be talking about the people on her CV, would she not? So, no. Pipe down, to pipe down, little girl. I do like you, but. Now, do not come for Electra just because you are feeling insecure, girl. No. <laughs> just because you're feeling your oats within Drag Race doesn't mean that you're feeling your oats outside Drag Race. So we do get quite smoothly into Elimination Day. And I think there yes. are a few things that we want to talk about. Actually, 
one really good theme, overarching theme, which starts with art asking the queens if they ever feel uncomfortable when people see them out of drug and ask them why you are out of drugs. Because some people, I don't know who are they, but I'll punch them in <laughs> the face if I see them. Ask drag queens who are drug as a job and not as a way of life. Right. They're out of drag. And I'm like, bitch, please. But like seriously, they have a life outside of their drag personas, you know, they're not the same person. Exactly. It's a persona, <laughs> it's a character, it's not right. Who they are. If you can't appreciate them as the as their out of drag selves, then you don't have the right to appreciate them as a drag artist. Period. Amen. That's it. But we do have an exception. All queens actually do agree, except for etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, because she's a non-binary queen. And uh, a lot of people basically think that she's constantly in drag because she is uh, quite feminine. Femme. And that's, that's fair to her. Like, she presents as femme and right. she's non-binary. So um, I'm just confused as to why people still cannot grasp with the idea of being non-binary and thinking and saying things like oh it's just a face you're gonna discover that actually you're trans oh it's just a face you're gonna discover that actually you you rather present as more male and more masculine this is it for her and i'm just very confused what are your thoughts i know that you're very passionate about this thing uh i i know because i really feel you know strongly about there being non-binary representation in the drag world you know i really appreciate not only drag queens but also drag artists drag kings bio queens and so you know representation is really important and the fact that people try to tell someone what their sexual and cultural and political and, and you know a social identity is baffles me. You don't know their story. It, it just uh, just because they appear feminine as etc cetera, etc cetera does does not mean that they're trans or that they're transitioning. And in fact, etc cetera, etc cetera, you know did go for a, a period where they thought oh, you know, maybe I need to transition, you know, to being a female because I'm so femme and people keep t- telling me that I'm femme. But actually, um, you know, what et cetera, et cetera, realized was, no, I don't feel like a man and I don't feel like a woman. I feel somewhere in between. So, you know, they feel non-binary and, you know, that's completely okay. We had obviously um, Bimini and Ginny Lemon in UK season two who were both non-binary and they had a really beautiful and eloquent discussion about, you know, what non-binary representation means to them. And I think I felt like it was really great that we had this kind of vulnerable and beautiful moment in Drag Race Down Under because there's been a lot of bitchery so far. And I really like it when we have this kind of, you know, moment of solidarity where the queens are like, supported each other you know because they're they're trying to get a message across but is there anything else that you would like to add gabby from elimination day actually i think well brings us really nicely into our Mm. runway let me tell you about the runway so uh, like i mentioned our guest judge this this week is al scarred but like you know me you know me Uh, i know you every week i just want to talk about RuPaul 
stomping on that runway wearing this how did you feel about this runway because to me she looked like a bejeweled subway rapper but in a good way (laughs) 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 no no, seriously i really got because i had a a, a, um, vegan subway at the weekend so i really got the subway vibe because of the green and yellow together and the white and i was like why are you walking subway on the main stage but still looking fabulous? What's that about? You just ruined it for me. I swear oh, I'm sorry. I used to work for subway advertising, but you decided to ruin this for me. So let's go into the run. Sorry. So you guys <laughs> She's like she's like, no, not talking about it anymore. <laughs> no, not today. So this week we have eight queens and uh, as we have come accustomed to into these four episodes, except for one queen, these are not fashion queens. So I'm quickly no. just gonna tell you what the girls have worn, and our beautiful, amazing Anna is gonna tell us <laughs> our standouts and uh, her bottoms. So are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Our Simone is wearing a pink Marie Antoinette number with a house attached to her wig and a teeny tiny <laughs> skirt. Kitamine is wearing a blue number with multicolored bowl structure on her head, on her boobies. It's confusing. Etc. <laughs> Etc. Et is wearing the sheer lilac number, which looks like a Ferris nightgown. Um, am I here for it? <laughs> Maxi Shield mm. is using a Ghana Must Go bag, which is what we know it does, a Ghana must go back. But apparently in Australia, <laughs> it's a drag bag. And she's looking like a, a punk goddess, and I'm honestly here for it. She's also a sort of perks, because, like she said, she's not an absolute idiot. She did take those sewing classes. Karen from Finance <laughs> is serving Chappelle Scorby in If She Got to Bali with her wig. She looks like Dora the Explorer. Electra! <laughs> A lot. Not even. She wishes. Electra, I actually want to take a second and say that I love it. It's a multicolored gown built with the ties and it really hacks her body beautifully. Like, hats off, chapeau. Anita, Anita Wiggly. <laughs> I'm not feeling this shit. I'm sorry because I love <laughs> Anita, But this black it and white dress, not it. Uh-uh. Scarlet. She's back at it with the wine. It's the second episode in which she's drinking wine on the stage. (laughs) She's serving a red gingham romper number, which reminds me of all the picnics we cannot have in the UK (laughs) because the weather is shit. And now it's all for you. I I really (laughs) hope you guys enjoyed it. This rundown, uh, it took me ages to write. So you appreciate it. Anna, up to you. What are your tops? What are your bottoms? Who are your standouts? Well, for, first of all, thanks for that, Gabby. I, I did have to laugh about the fact that you, you said Scarlet's look remind you of all the picnics we couldn't have because the weather's shit. Because it's true. The weather <laughs> is shit. As we record, the rain is pounding my window. And I don't say gently. Gen- no, it's not I gently no, pounding my window. It's pounding my window. It's trying to have sex with my window. It is being a very naughty creature indeed. And I'm like, why? Why can't I go outside? But 
waffling aside let, let me tell you about the queens who stole my heart so actually we have quite different opinions which is funny but also great for the review right yeah. so my two standouts personally were etc etc and scarlett adams and i'ma tell you why okay so first of all i am obsessed with kind of a grecian goddess like kind of aesthetic mm -hmm. and i know that etc etc was trying to go for a 1920s kind of um you know sheer look but it, it read more as grecian goddess to me which i'm absolutely fine for because i am here for the ancient gods and goddesses and i'm like yes so she is wearing this really stunning ethereal see-through number with embroidered ornate silver beaded that effortlessly compliments her coiffed buoyant bob and i'm like oh your hair looks like a halo around your face your makeup is looking gorgeous the draped silhouette with the gown was yes and the body was yes <laughs> and the face was yes i was like yes 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 other words to describe it other than yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just yes she she's just gonna get a yes from me it's a yes and actually, if you looked at et cetera, et cetera's Instagram, you know, she really said about how the look made them feel really special and femme as a non-binary creative. And I really appreciated that because, you know, she wasn't wearing any padding, was showing, you know, parts of her chest. And I just thought it was beautiful. It had that kind of sense of androgyny, you know, that really is associated with a non-binary identity. And I think it's beautiful. You don't have to associate yourself with being you know one one gender or not you choose to be who you want to be and of course scarlet was my top top toot of the week uh she looked fabulous in that picnic blanket feast and i was like mm, give me that wine mm, give me them grapes oh what do you got a basket i hope it's a cheese board but i did not see any cheese board and i was disappointed but i i really loved you know obviously we have seen the gingham look quite a lot before like for example Utica did it in season 13 she had a picnic look with lace, lace suspenders yeah and we also saw uh, manila do it in all Star stars 4 as well she had a beautiful 50s dior silhouette with the gingham uh, you know print and a matching bonnet but i did feel like the way that scarlett did it was fresh so it didn't take away from the other looks that we've already seen you know using the gingham print but it just made it fresh i loved the picnic basket i loved how there was a giant corsage on her head uh, and she even had grapes coming out of her ears and like you said she she likes wine apparently and you know i'm living for it if it's part of her aesthetic but you know if it, it felt really elevated it didn't even look like it came from trash it just looked so effortlessly cheap however here's the bad news i cannot say this about all of the queens and honestly speaking i was disagreeing with half of the judges comments i actually wasn't living for art simone's marie antoinette get up just because i've seen it before and i've seen it done better we had detox do it in the history of the world challenge i think it was called um in all stars 2 and she had this kind of neon uh you know pink and yellow marie antoinette moment that we lived for and even on this season we had the amazing jojo zaho do it better honestly because she had a powerful powerful message about her indigenous culture and she was doing a kind of homage to marie antoinette and i was like i like the hair 
the, the makeup ties into it as well. Yeah. But the second part of the outfit, it was just a tiny little bodycon skirt. Like it literally rode up and and it was showing her hoo ha. So yeah. I was like, no, I expected more. Honestly speaking, and I do like Artstone. And you know, you loved Maxi's look, and I did like it. I did like it. However. I much preferred Davina DeCampo's interpretation of this this um, bag aesthetic, uh, you know, the way that she did that David Bowie-esque look. And while I don't always like to compare, you know, queens that have done the same thing, you know, over and over, just in this case, I couldn't help but think of that look and how much more elevated it was. However, props, because I was impressed at the fact that Maxie said that they, you know, she couldn't sew. And... The, while the silhouette is something we've seen before and it's fairly basic silhouette, I liked the print. I liked how she styled it with the fishnet tights and she did a good job considering. Um, so I wouldn't put her in my kind of like bottom looks. I just kind of wanted to point it around at the fact that I didn't like it as much as the judges liked it, but I do commend her on her sewing skills. And Karen's yeah, adult Dora, the explorer, slash weed woman in indonesia uh i mean it was so basic that it gave me herpes literally it gave me herpes it gave me chlamydia it gave me all the stis listen was the outfit badly constructed no but it wasn't put together well and it could have been executed far more flawlessly Karen is always great at telling a story, but that story didn't translate on stage. And another another person that I kind of disagreed with in regards to comments was Anita Wiglet because I actually liked her look. Did I think it was the best look? No. I liked the kind of burnt page effect that was going on. I didn't think it was as bad as the judges were saying. I thought they were being blind and also i thought she sold the look on the runway and it was a lot better than karen's look like definitely that was the worst look on on the runway but yeah i just uh, disagreed with a lot of comments this week i was like i feel like i'm being gabby where we were reviewing season one of drag race uk and she was just like no (laughs) no disagree no no (laughs) which I guess takes us really nicely to our safes, bottoms and tops. Gabby, who have we got? So as safe, this week we have Kidamin and Electra, and I'm like, yes? Yes, queen. Like, these girls were playing you for a fool, but you made (laughs) I see you, we see you, we all see you. We see you, girl. Even RuPaul says, you're listening, and we see you. Our tops are R. Simone, Maxi Shield, and Scarlett. Our bottoms, Karen, Anita, etc., etc. Like you said, you don't agree with etc., etc. <laughs> I don't agree with etc., etc., that's for sure. And I also don't agree with Art Simone. But other than that, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's fair. So we do get into untucked. And if I'm not wrong, you have something to say about it. Yeah, because just like every other episode that we've watched of Drag Race Down Under, there has not been one moment that's gone by without a little bit of drama that's happening. And first of all, I'd just like to, again, congratulate Electra for saying a big F you to the other queens who doubted her. And 
yeah, you know, Electra is super happy about it. And she's just like, yeah, this is literally fuck you <laughs> because I did it. And I know I didn't mention Electra's look, but I did think it was good. It just wasn't one of my standouts. But honestly speaking, it is an improvement from the other week. So I think she really is going somewhere. And even Scarlett, who we forgot to say that she won the challenge, but I think that was pretty obvious considering how beautiful her look was and how I went on about it. <laughs> uh, Scarlett even gives Electra a backhanded compliment by telling her that Electra's look was actually her second favourite look and would have seen her in the top with different styling. And I'm like, why are you going to compliment someone and then kind of critique them at the same time? That's just not, that's not helpful. <laughs> no. Say it with your chest. This is not exactly. when you say a compliment. You say a compliment fully no. or you shut your <laughs> mouth. Shut it. Right? Shut that. Be quiet. But that's not it for the, the, the drama from. Uh, Karen is being self-aware and at least she is aware that she has fallen short and the, the judges are unfortunately disappointed in her and she thinks she's going to be in the bottom, which, you know, we can't say we disagree with. However, Anita was really surprised that she was in the bottom and saw Kida as being in the bottom instead. And then, etc., etc. is like, yep, I'm going to stick my oar in because I am confused as to why Kida Mean is safe. And then etc., etc. literally calls out Kida and is like, they called my outfit unfinished, but there is literally a rip down the bottom of your skirt. And then, you know, everyone just starts hating on etc. etc. because it's her first time getting negative feedback. And the queens, particularly Electra Shock, expected more from, you know, etc. etc. And I'm just like, why the petty drama? Like, seriously, you had a beautiful moment on Elimination Day talking about representation. And here you are at each other's throats, doing what you do best, bitching. <laughs> Any thoughts, Gabby? They, they do be bitching. But they do be bitching. Time, I feel like this is what you get for being a bitch a whole week. Well. Like, she has been quite mean to Electra throughout the week. And Electra true. is actually quite loved as a person, maybe not for a drug, but as a person, she's quite loved by the rest of the queens. So yeah. don't poke the sleeping bear, maybe. Don't poke oh. it. When, when the bear wakes up, that's oh. your end. You are finished. So we do get into the lip sync. And lip sync song is I Begin to Wonder uh, by Danny Minogue. And I'm like, guys, you fucked up the, uh, the episode. <laughs> Danny Minogue was your guest two weeks ago and you decided what? to play a RuPaul song but now you're playing <laughs> you guys fucked it up what do you think of this lip sync Gabby? I was actually confused I am confusion because let me because. tell you let me tell I was looking at Karen pointing yep. and then <laughs> she I was a pointer sister Exactly. And then I was looking at Anita making faces, actually dancing, yeah. going around the, the stage, making moves, considering that she was wearing a gown like that could have fallen apart because it was made of paper. Oh, well, I completely agree with you, Gabby. In fact, I was not, I was not um, talking loudly to my, my laptop screen. I was not shouting, but I was screaming and swearing because 
the right decision was not made. In fact, it, it was not even a competition. There was a very clear winner from the start. As you said, Anita, you know, she had her more manic kind of over the top facial expressions. She was really moving. She was making use of the stage. And, and Karen's just doing white girl moves. And I'm like, no, no, no. It, do you know what it is the cement in the sand, though? I don't know if that's even an expression, but I'm just going to go with it. The fact is, the queens were even encouraging Karen, going, go on, Kaz, like, because she was not bringing it. And I'm just like, why? Like, Karen's energy was not on the same level. She was more muted than uh, Anita. But the sad thing is, in my heart, I knew who they were going to say even before the lip sync started. Even though I knew who was the better performer, I knew who they were going to say. Because they're like, no, Karen is one of our friend runners, so we can't get rid of her. But I was so mad. I was pissed when they said that Anita's going home. I was like, yeah, no. K Karen, yes, funny, funny queen, but that lip sync was not it. And unfortunately, the right decision would have been her going home. So yeah. if you literally brought Art Simone back into the competition because you were scared to lose one of your front runners, then why would you be scared about sending another one of those front runners home and having a more balanced and fair competition where the, the queens are there because they're slaying the challenges and they're not falling short? And Karen did fall short, unfortunately. It's not a joke, just a fact. <laughs> and, <laughs> you said that! You not a joke! Yeah, you see what I did. And I did. unfortunately, Anita does go home and I am, I am heartbroken. Can I also point out the irony? Just to finish off this episode, we're full of dramas. Did you notice that the loser of the Snatch Game gets to come back into the competition in order for the winner of the Snatch Game to go back home? Yeah. So it's like, who really won Snatch Game then? <laughs> that is literally some bullshit right that is some bullshit i am over it i've had it officially i did not like this result i'm pissed that's it that's it i'm not angry i'm disappointed but we next move on to brighter pastures hopefully <laughs> we have the infamous branding challenge and this year in this episode, it is for yeast bread. It <laughs> is so random. <laughs> I was literally like, why? Like, why? Of all the things you could market, why did it have to be yeast bread? Like, what are they going to be like? Like, this is not just any yeast bread. This is carrot from finances yeast bread. I mean, that sounds weird. That sounds like a SDI. No. What are you doing? I don't why? Like, to be honest with you, I cannot wait to see it. I, I actually would have loved, loved to see what Anita would have done with this challenge. Oh, my God. I completely thought the same, same thing. As soon as they announced the challenge, I was like, she would have been perfect at this. I just know it. But, mm -hmm. alas. <laughs> so, join us next week for another episode of Chicks Talking Drag. Leave a comment on our iTunes page if you're listening to us from there. Give us five, four, three stars. Nothing less than that because I swear to, you, to God, <laughs> I will find your IP address 
come to oh, your God. and make you change that that race. She's joking. No, no, I'm not. I know. I was just trying to make them feel safe so they don't think that you're going to knock down their door. I will find you. <laughs> it will find you. But she ain't lying either. But that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to us. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't forget to watch RuPaul Drag Race Down Under on Stan Australia, TV and Z, while present anywhere else in the world. And of course, BBC3 and BBC iPlayer in the UK.